All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Face off. The Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 3, Episode 11 of the Daily Face-Off podcast. I'm your angry-ass host, Brock Segan. Uh, I'll be angry on today's podcast, but hopefully to bring up the morale of the podcast is with me, Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Beebs Bonnie. How's it going, boys? Uh, pretty good. You know, uh, I'm, I'm actually pretty sick right now, so I don't know how counted I can be uh, as far as raising the morale goes. <laughs> Beebs, you Beebs, you're usually good for a couple laughs. You got to bring it us, bring us up a little bit. I'm doing okay. Um, I just got back from a Windsor Spitfires OHL game, um, and they lost, so I I could be down right now, but but I'm not that down because tomorrow's Friday. I love Fridays, so uh, so that that's the positivity I'm going to bring to this I, beginning. I of think show we're here. just, I think we're just both really timid right now because we're pretty terrified of Angry Brock. Yeah, you know yeah, that's about it. 
Oh, you know, angry ass Brock. You know, coming into the angry potter, I was not. real angry. A lot of things were going wrong for me. It was just a long day, 12 games. But, you know, as soon as, as soon as I got in here and got to listen to you guys talk, and, you know, you guys kind of calmed me down a little bit. So I might be a little bit less angry than I was going to be to begin with. But, Thanks, man, man, oh, man. And my girlfriend says the same thing. Oh, I, yeah, there you go. That's, it's my always a bonus. The same thing, too. So. Oh, my goodness. I was fired up, man. also tells me the same thing. Oh, Jesus. Well, we're off to a good start. Everyone's going to be angry. <laughs> now um we don't have a super long show tonight because beebs obviously went to the spitfires game uh so he Mm -hmm. made us start really late uh d's just like puking or something and uh i'm just angry so we're just gonna come at you with a bunch of different small segments just hit you with a ton of fantasy knowledge get out of here quick let you guys get on your weekend quick uh, you know, maybe some of you guys listen to this next Monday and it's not your weekend and you're just angry anyway, but whatever. Uh, so basically it, just a quick breakdown of what we're going to do today. Uh, we reached out on Twitter, kind of basically me just being lazy. I didn't really have any ideas <laughs> coming into this week. Uh, and, and, and you know, some of you guys reached out and I appreciate it for giving us some ideas of, of things you guys wanted to hear about. Cause that's really what we're doing it for. We're doing it for the people. So we want to know what you guys are interested in. So we're going to talk about some guys that were uh, pretty highly drafted uh, at the start of the year. Uh, guys that you came into the season with high hopes for that really haven't lived up uh, to that billing so far this year. And but they're also guys that we think are worth kind of waiting on. Um, segments like this are good because they can be used in a couple different ways. It can be guys that you look uh, look at as like guys you are not ready to give up on yet. But also in the same boat, there are guys that you can look at as buy low candidates as well. Because they're obviously uh, yeah. players that we have a lot of faith in going forward. Um, and then after that, we're going to get to hit one of our favorite segments of all time, just because it's fun to say, cut bait! Uh, so we're going to talk about some guys that we're just ready to dump because they're just not good at hockey, uh, at least fancy hockey anymore. They're definitely a lot better at hockey than we all are. But just not get out. Um, we need that disclaimer. Yeah, they're definitely just not, they're just not great, great. Wow, a referee just ate shit in the football game. That's always hilarious to watch. Oh, uh, we have this watching football during a podcast. Yeah, no. And then at the end, I'm switching back and forth. Don't you worry. I got the abs game on because I stacked up. In, uh, in, D- in DK tonight. But, and then the last thing we're going to get to is okay. something we're going to call Stash and Grab. Uh, just a pretty much just a lame-ass name. And uh, it's guys that are on the IR, IR-eligible players in Yahoo Leagues that we think are worth stashing right now uh, in hopes that they will just return with a mighty vengeance and tear shit up. So you boys ready for a dirty Season 3 Episode number 11 Potter or what? The dirtiest. I am, but wasn't Stash and Grab suggested by a listener? So you're just like chirping their name. You're like, I don't think anybody said Stash and Grab, but we can. If somebody did, I will give them full credit. Oh well, there was definitely some uh, super <laughs> sweet name suggestions for the segment, but I think you 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 missed that. But that's okay, because uh, well, if somebody did it, please tweet at me. Actually, more importantly, leave an iTunes review about how awesome this podcast <laughs> is, but then tell me that I'm a piece of shit for not giving you credit because I can take it and Beebs can't. And for shitting on your idea. <laughs> no, it's a great idea. Excellent how is this idea. just the second week in a row where it's I? It's actually the third. Take... It's the third week in a row. Third week in a row where you've apparently just claimed that I could not take any tip of it. Well, because every time, bash, every time you five-star say- review, but then bash. <laughs> See, Beebs, you know, not to be the devil's advocate here, um, but you, you know, getting a little defensive about being pointed out about how you get defensive. You know? No, that's true. That's he kind of speaks point. to Brock's point. Yeah, no, he can't take it. Just do not chirp Beebs. Me and D, we got, we got it. We can take all the heat, uh, you know, ever thrown at us. Beebs is Love not, you, Beebs. not prepared for Jeez. it. Uh, but... 
I guess I just before we started, I I tweeted this out the other day, and I'm sure a lot of people said it. But whoever left this, his name was Ready Freddy question mark. But whoever left this iTunes review is the biggest beauty ever because this nothing could ever give potential listeners a bigger screenshot of what the DFO podcast is than this review right here. First of all, five stars. That's a great insight on how Thank good you. we are. And great then, start, by the way. Accurate. And then right after that, he drops three hosers sit around talking about fantasy hockey. Doesn't get any better than that. Oh, yeah, eh? So that is pretty much exactly what we are. And, What's uh, a hoser? Should we be offended by that? It's the same. Basically, basically, uh, basically what we would call in our area a duster, which is basically what I've been calling myself my entire life. So he's right on point. Uh, we, Duster's a little harsh. We use duster a little bit more than we use hoser in this area, but hoser is definitely a frequently uh, frequently used term. But you guys ready to, to, to do some season three, episode 11 here or what? I'm ready. All right. Well, yeah, you, D, you seem to be the most eager. So who are you? <laughs> who's worth the wait for you right now? Uh, worth my patience right now is Jakob Silverberg. Um, you know, it's funny. Last year, we uh, when we talked about it and kind of forecasted the expansion draft, uh, we thought for sure Silverberg would be a golden knight by now. Uh, some finessing by the Ducks front office obviously means he's still in Anaheim. And I'm sure they couldn't be happier about it because – you know, despite uh, his struggles to produce early on, Silverberg actually has been off to a pretty good start. Otherwise, I, I mean, his possession rating is 54.9% right now, a relative 10.5 on that team, which is just crazy. Uh, and the best part is he's done it despite just a 43.8 offensive zone start percentage, which is the fourth lowest on the team. So he's managed to be their best possession player, despite having the fourth worst usage on the team, which is a huge feat. So he's obviously a really good player. Uh, you can tell why I'm so high on him. Uh, his slow start can really be seen. 6.9 on ice shooting percentage. Um, you know, that's just fancy hockey one-on-one when you listen to this podcast. Uh, you should know that that's going to slowly start to creep back up, and it has. Uh, he's been pretty good lately, eight points in his last 12. So I think if Carlisle ever eases up on Silverberg and decides to kind of let his offensive talents flourish, I guess, he could really go off, um, especially once we see Geslev back into the lineup as well. Uh, but I still think he should do well enough in the meantime. Uh, right wing is a thin fantasy position. He's still on the first power play unit. Uh, and despite the poor usage, he's still on pace for a remarkable 287 shots, uh, which makes him a pretty safe bet for 25 goals. And like I said, there's a lot more upside there. Yeah, I think I talked about him a little bit a couple weeks ago just as somebody that uh, has has looked pretty good despite having very middling centers uh, with Ryan Kessler out. Uh, at first, there was Antoine Vermette. Now I believe it's Chris Wagner. Um, neither yeah, one of those guys really gets you that excited. Uh, so the fact that he's kind of really picked it up in the last couple of weeks here, still shooting the puck like crazy, uh, goes a long way in, in at least sen- selling us some hope for the future, especially because Kessler, his return really isn't too far away at this point. Uh, we're almost a month and a half, in, or we are a month and a half into the season, and he was expected to be back late December um, so if you can just fight through the next couple weeks with maybe just some middling production, uh, at least in the, you know, the overall point totals, again, like I talked about him a couple weeks ago, I absolutely love Silverberg and this is definitely somebody, in my opinion, worth waiting for because this team is just so banged up. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, like I said, there's a lot of opportunity for him to still move up that lineup. Um, but it, even though he's getting the short end of the second even strength, I think the power play time in the meantime while the team gets healthy is enough to offset it for now. Yeah, do you know what his own percentage is in Yahoo? 
It's right around 40% right now. Yeah, because like he's cool. somebody that goes like kind of late in drafts too. So I think like the slow yeah. start had a lot of people giving up on him. So he's a... Uh, He's also a waiver wire pickup for sure. You know, it might be – he's yeah. definitely somebody to, to, to take a look at right now because, I mean, playing with Chris Wagner, that's going to hurt your value for sure. But, I mean, if you're still firing six, seven shots a game while you're playing on a line with him, you know, mainly in a shutdown role, once Kessler gets back, there's a lot of uh, optimism there. And I think, you know, especially getting gets left back as well, that's just going to turn that – those two centers are going to turn that team around a ton. I mean, you go from having Chris <laughs> Wagner and Derek Grant as your top two centers uh, to having Ryan Kessler and Ryan Getzlaff. I mean, I don't think I need to really say anything more than that. Yeah. No, yeah. And uh, I originally, for my worth the week, player was going to mention this guy second, but um, actually kind of follows the same theme. And I had Corey Perry, too, of Anaheim. And he's kind of uh, – he's a player who's falling kind of just like he's, – he's like the better Silverberg, basically. But the same things are happening just because guys are going down around him that are, um, um, you know, as we mentioned in Anaheim. Uh, injuries are just everywhere, and it's hurting a lot of people's fantasy value. But um, Corey Perry's a guy who's definitely worth waiting on. Um, he's down to 88% owned, which, which is kind of crazy because I honestly don't know if I've ever seen Corey Perry not 100% owned in leagues. Um, so this is a, this is a kind of a new look for him, mm-hmm. but um, it's a guy who hasn't put up anything less than 53 points um, in a season since his rookie year. So if you can get 53 plus from a guy, he's at least worth keeping at the bottom of your lineup. And uh, he, he absolutely struggled out of the gate. He's kind of picked it up in his last couple of games. He's got four points in his last three games. Um, he really is the number one offensive option in Anaheim right now too, with Getzlav out. Um, and once Sketslav comes back, it's a guy who he's definitely a perfect buy low candidate at the moment. Because um, once Getzlav, as I mentioned, Getzlav comes back, and then Kessler comes back, I mean, this team's going to be a lot more dangerous, and Corey Perry's going to be fueling that whole thing. Um, and he's great again for power play points. And if you're in weird leagues like our daily faceoff league, um, penalty Weird. minutes are also a nice little thing that he adds, being the the little pesky piece of shit that he is. But he is so good at it, and he scores goals. So. Um, an absolute phenomenal goal scorer. He has 30-plus goals in five of his last six seasons. Um, someone worth the wait and definitely not even considered droppable. Yeah, I, the only concern I have with uh, Perry at this point is his shots are down considerably from what they normally are. He's usually a guy that you can just bank on for, uh, I mean, he's at 215 in each of the last two seasons, uh, and then 193 the year prior to that when he only played 67 games. Uh, but this year he's only on pace for 160, but I think a lot of that can kind of be... Uh, Tailored to the fact that Getzlaff has just basically only played six games this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Perry get, draws a lot more attention when it's just uh, Corey Perry skating next to Derek Grant. So I, I'm assuming once uh, Getzlaff gets back healthy, those numbers will start to rise. And yeah, I'm not ready to completely give up on this guy. I mean, he is getting up there in age, but he was a consistent 30-goal scorer uh, with 30 helpers each year. I mean, there's a lot to like here still, I think. And um, I think the one thing, too, going in Perry's favor is he wasn't quite the like super high draft pick that he once was in fantasy either. So I think people are a little bit more patient with him now that he's kind of a middle of the, uh, of the ranks uh, winger at this point in his career. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's just the way it seems. And it seems like leagues that are, um, people are starting to get now. And that's just, I love, um, I love jumping on guys like this um, at this time of the year. Cause we're really only, what, five weeks into a 25-week season. So, exactly. Um, you know, still one, yeah. And the so. one thing is, like, people, like, 
the Ducks are still doing fairly well despite just not having anybody in their lineup. I mean, so when they actually are healthy, I mean, I think I've talked about this seven times in the first 12 minutes, but once they get healthy, they've got a lot going for them. Uh, but for me, Joe Pavelski, uh, 96% owned still, obviously. No one's really ready to drop him at this point, but he's somebody worth the wait uh, at this point in the season because there's just, I mean, this is Joe Pavelski we're talking about to take a line from Biebs, uh it is Joe Pavelski. Uh, we got four goals, four assists in <laughs> 16 line. games so far this year. That's coming into tonight's game uh, against the Florida Panthers. Uh, but he's still on pace for 230 shots on goal. Uh, he's had 41 goals, 38 goals, and 29 goals uh, with a shot total between 220 and 230 in each of the last four seasons. Um, but so far this year, Pavelski's struggling because of a 8.9 shooting percentage and a 6.8 on-ice shooting percentage. Um, both are well below his career marks uh, in that rank. So there's just everything is still there that sugge- to suggest that Pavelski uh, will still be that 25 to 30 goal scorer uh, that he's been over the years, and that he's always been a consistent 30, 35 to 40 assist guy. And for me, at least just looking at his underlying numbers, uh, not a lot should change. Uh, I know Joe Thornton's getting up there in age. I know. Uh, Pavelski's getting up there in age, but I mean, you, I think that like a lot of the, the shark struggles is you kind of just look at the fact that Brent Burns is just still not doing anything. Uh, I yeah. mean, he was scoring 28, 30 goals for the last couple of years. And these guys were picking up helpers here and there. And it was, it was just changing everything. And those, you know, we've talked about it a couple weeks ago or last week, maybe that those, those pucks are going to start going to the net. And I think the same can be said about Pavelski. And, um, so obviously I don't think anybody is, gonna drop Joe Pavelski at this point but I'm also not ready to sell him very low I'm not I'm not down for that so if you have Pavelski I think you just kind of got to ride this this bit of a bumpy ride out uh for the Sharks and it'll get better uh but D uh you got a second guy that you're you're waiting on here uh yeah Sam Reinhardt I I I guess I'll just mention him quickly because he probably would have fit this segment more a couple weeks ago uh he's more of just a waiver wire pickup now at 27 percent uh but worth mentioning because he was a guy we talked about a lot at the start of the year as a potential breakout. Uh, and he's had a pretty rough start before last night's three-point game. He had only five points in 17 games. Uh, so like I said, turning around last night, uh, he centered his own line for much of the season, uh, finally put back alongside Eichel and Evander Kane last night. And like I said, paid immediate dividends, three points in the night for Reinhardt. Um, and he really performed well down the stretch last year after Eichel returned. The two were kind of attached at the hip. So I, that's, I think that's kind of what we were hoping for coming into the season. Uh, and it's finally starting to happen now. I think if the line sticks, Reinhardt should see just a huge boost in production moving forward. Uh, and I don't want to say go as far to say his production is kind of tied to Eichel, but it almost is. Is At least, you know, it's kind of the difference between fantasy relevant and not right now for Reinhardt. Um but again, thanks to the Sabres' manic uh, line shuffling so far this year, Reinhardt now is eligible for all three forward positions in Yahoo. Uh, so that gives a nice little boost to his value as well. Um, but yeah, not a guy I'm willing to give up on just yet. And uh, the triple position eligibility makes it a little bit easier to wait him out. Yeah, I remember kind of in the first couple weeks of the season, there was people uh, just smash and dfo twitter constantly basically just like yo what the like what are they doing with these lines like they gotta put uh reinhardt and eichel together and it just wasn't happening and now it finally did and we're what like one game into it and it's just 
it's exploding immediately. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I guess all those Saber fans were right there. This is they're waiting for it for a reason, and it's looked good so far. But Beavis, well, I sorry, go ahead. No, no, just not to cut you off. I mean, I get why the Sabers would want to do that. Um, they're obviously not. They don't have the most depth on their team, and they try to kind of stretch it out in a three-line team with O'Reilly, Reinhardt, and Eichel all carrying their own lines, but it clearly just isn't working out, and that definitely best case for Reinhardt moving forward is to be back on that top line. Yeah, definitely for Eichel, too. I think it boosts him a lot. Um, mm-hmm. They were just so crossed. good together last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and, I, and I'm, I'm sure you guys all saw it. I, I retweeted it there, but um, Reinhardt getting um, just rocked in center ice by Ian Cole there, and then Eichel flying at him, throwing yeah. the gloves off, and, yeah, and then Vander Kane just pushing Eichel aside and just like big boys I got, coming. I got in. this. I got this. <laughs> I loved it though. Uh, it was it, great. It made me feel all warm and tingly inside. Uh, but yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think Ryan Hart's one of those guys that people are just giving up on because it's Buffalo, and he kind of did this last year too. Um, so I mean, yeah, all he needed was Eichel to come back, right? That's yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, it's just kind of the same case. He just instead of Eichel being injured this year, just Eichel wasn't playing with him because they're trying to stretch out their talent. The one thing they're definitely trying to do is just, I think, like, make sure they've got three really good centers. You know, you got your Eichel, O'Reilly, and Reinhardt is what they were trying to do at the start of the year. But then you kind of look at it, and, like, they they have some decent depth down the middle. I mean, Johan Larson, Zemgis Gergensen, they're not terrible center icemen. Where they really do lack is on the wing, and I think that's why they were struggling. Like, all three of those guys were struggling because they were just playing with trash on their wings, and now you add somebody with with Reinhardt's capabilities to Eichel's wing, uh, and Kane's been playing good on the left side. I I think that boosts that line so much, it's crazy. Uh, It might, you know, eat into their depth, but for fantasy purposes... Every time that line steps on the ice, uh, that's that's the best look that the Sabres have have put out this entire season to date. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good line to stack in uh, uh, DraftKings uh, or, or draft FanDuel for sure. Yeah, um, but I guess I'll I'll step in next. And and one thing that's kind of been a theme here is um, teams that have a lot of injuries around them. And uh, for me, I think this is this is a team that we're going to go off a lot on tonight. But Mikel Granlin for me out in Minnesota right now is the guy that I'm waiting on. Um, a lot of high hopes uh, after last year's 69-point season. Nice, Mikel Granlin. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was 26 goals, 43 assists, and he he kind of stepped up as the number one center out in Minnesota, and we loved the guy. Um, we were riding him super hard early in the season, telling people to pick him up. And then uh, and then by the end of the year, he was uh, basically almost 100% owned and deservedly so. He struggled super hard at the gate this year. He only has 29 shots on goals so far. Um, I don't like I don't like those numbers through 12 games, but um, but it's definitely uh, it's definitely something that just the injuries around them as we talk as we're going to talk about um, Zach Parise is out right now there um, Charlie Coyle they've just they've struggled with injuries left and right on with their forwards and Granlin just hasn't seemed to click yet um, with six points through 12 games though um, and he's averaging 19 points or sorry, I'm sorry uh, 19 minutes on the ice a game that that's just numbers and that are going to translate into stats and fantasy um, points eventually. So I just, I really like waiting on the kid. Um, he, he is the number one scoring option through the middle. Yeah. I mean, Granlin's a guy that there's no secret about it, that somebody I've been high on. Uh, I mean, at least for the last couple of years. Uh, and I had him projected for a really nice season. I think let's take a look here. I uh, had yeah, 22 goals and 49 assists, 71 points this year. So if he doesn't pick it up, I'm going to look like him a complete asshat. Um, yeah, this year. I think he will, though. Yeah, the one thing that's worth mentioning uh, at this point right now, uh, Granlin's sitting with a 5.3 on-ice shooting percentage, and for a guy that's a premier playmaker like he is, 
Um, you, you know, you'd expect that number to be significantly higher, and the puck will start going to the net a little more uh, than it is right now for him. And uh, the one thing, I mean, yeah, the shots are down, but that is kind of Granlin's mo. Uh, he sh- he should shoot the puck a little bit more than he is right now for sure. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, he's, he's, a, never guy, really been he's a guy that's going to be lucky to kind of reach that 20-goal plateau. Um, he had, you know, Last year, obviously, he showed he was capable of doing so. But uh, you know, even if you still get 18 goals from him only, you, you could very easily have a Nicholas Backstrom-type 50-assist, 18-goal season. And that's kind of the player that he is. And that on-ice shooting percentage is definitely uh, expected to come up a little bit, you'd, you'd expect. You'd hope. You'd hope, yeah. I mean, or else I'm going to look yeah. like a complete donkey at the end of the year. <laughs> well, one thing, too, is with all these injuries around, like, guys just like him and Perry, it's, it's these are guys that are just going to start blowing up once these, uh, like, once Parise returns. These are elite players that are that are coming back for these teams that help everything from power play to regular ice time. So they're only going to get better, and now is the time to kind of cash in on them or at least uh, hold on to them and not let others cash in on them. Yeah, and just to fuel yeah. my anger a little bit more, I just got a touchdown taken away from me. Oh, my God, I'm going to lose it. But, D, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, to your point, Brock, uh, 5.3 on-ice shooting percentage this year. He was literally double that last year at 11.5. Um, so I think, you know, you could obviously – we weren't expecting him to get back up to 11.5 this year. Um, but like you said, a guy who owns the puck and uh, makes plays as often as Granlund, you would definitely expect – um, him to be able to sustain, uh, you know, a, a higher than average number. So I would expect this to be nothing more than just uh, a, a bad start, a shitty, shitty start. And uh, like you said, you can definitely chalk up a lot of it to the to the injuries around him. Well, yeah, because the one thing you you would you'd see is normally Granlin with Zucker and, and Koivu, and they have a very similar other like their other line in the top six. There would normally be Coil, Stall and Parise, mm-hmm. but without those two guys, the other team can just target this Granlin Koivu line with their top line and shut them down, uh, not with relative ease, but, I mean, they can pay a lot more attention to that line than they normally right. would be able to. I mean, when you're missing two of your top six wingers, that's obviously uh, going to hurt you quite a bit. Uh, but one more guy, this is a very similar player to Michael Granlin uh, in a many, many ways. Uh, 71% owned Ryan Johansson. Also a guy who's making me look like a complete clown right now, uh, but also a guy that isn't expected to score a shitload of goals. Uh, mainly, Killing it tonight. Mainly just an assist guy. Yes, uh, as, at least when I was writing my notes, he had a goal and an assist. Has he improved on that? Yeah, a goal in two, and he's a plus four, so it's a pretty nice line across there the board. There we go, there we go. Okay, so he's got a goal and two assists tonight, but coming into tonight, he had no goals in 17 games, uh, but <laughs> like you just said, one goal and two assists tonight. Um, his his shot volume, though, is a red flag. It's at an all-time low on pace for a disgusting 111 shots on goal. Uh yes. Typically, Only one more tonight, too, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100% shooting percentage tonight. But t- <laughs> typically, these are players that I do not like. I, I, you know, I always target guys who shoot the puck a shitload. Um, but the reason why I think Johansson is worth the wait is because you can't drop him, obviously. And there's absolutely zero no. point in trading him at this point. His value is his value is at an all-time low, or not maybe not an all-time low, but it's too low to to get any. Good return uh, for Johansson at this point. He's still an easy 40 assist, maybe 50 assist player. Uh, especially you got Forsberg and Arvidsson. Arvidsson had a slow start too. 
Um, you got those two guys playing on his wings. I think there's better days ahead in Nashville. This is one of the best teams. In, for, you know, for my money, I think the best team in the Western Conference. Um, so I think yep. there's a lot going for Johansson. I think it's just a kind of a slow start. I, you know, the shot volume is a massive disappointment, especially since he was a 200-plus shot guy in uh, back-to-back seasons in Columbus. Um, it obviously, it looks like he's deferring the puck a little bit more in Nashville, you know, playing with somebody like Forsberg. But uh, I think he is just exactly what we saw last year, you know, 15 goals, maybe 47 assists. Uh, and I'm okay with that. I think maybe uh, I might have been a little too high on him coming into the year. But at this point, if you've rostered him, there's no point in trying to get rid of him because the value is just not there. And uh, you just got to hope for better days. And I think, the, you know, at least the assists will certainly start to climb. And, you know, hopefully tonight is a sign of things to come. What did you say, Beavs? One goal, two assists, and a plus four? He was a plus four. He's a plus three now. Oh, son of a bitch. Just drop they him. Lost just drop him. Four, <laughs> so. Just drop him. It's over. Yeah, they lost six four, and he was it's a plus over. three. So I, I, I feel like there wasn't a lot of help uh, with his surrounding cast in Nashville. No, but that's because they've got uh, an amazing blue liner coming back in the next couple months. But we'll talk about him in the stash and grab segment of this show. For now, let's go over to the Blue Stones. We'll see you guys back in 60 seconds for some cut bait and uh, a little stash and grab segment. Broken down. So I walk the line I try my wounds and I die I'm out of money, I'm out of time I fly low like a broken arrow The time slows and my vision arrows I'm out of money, I'm out of time Sing your hearts out, sing it loud Make me happy, make me proud Black holes, solid ground Season 3, Episode 11 of the Daily Face-Off Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Berthium. As always, we hope you guys enjoyed those sweet riffs by the Blue Stones. You can check them out on YouTube, uh, not Spotify, <laughs> as we learned last week. And wh- what was the what was the verdict on Apple Music, Beeps? Yes or no Apple Music? It was a hard no. Uh, no to Apple Music as well. All right, There's so... only um, the two big songs that they have, so um, which is Rolling oh. with the Peas and then uh, the Black Holes and whatever the other one is. Well, obviously, it just means because they're yeah. getting deep into that label shmoney. So get on the boys of the Blue Stones. But, they're going to uh, they drop us got a lot of stuff. Yeah, they will. I feel like they just totally forgot. but <laughs> that, That's fine, too. Uh, moving along, though, we're going to use uh, this cut bait segment that Brock loves saying just so much. Cut bait. Um, we each got, I think, just one guy yep. uh, to talk about here. Um <laughs> So, Beebs, why don't we uh, start off with you, friend? Who do you got? Who are you ready to just totally cut off the line right now? It's Max Domi for me out in Arizona. And um, as we're watching right now, that team is kind of just 
literally the worst team ever right now. Um, they're on pace to win a total of eight games, or no, four games this year. Um, four games, my bad. Four? So, uh, and, uh, and that's not really translating well for overall uh, fantasy value for this team. And Max Domi right now, one goal, nine assists, which isn't terrible. Um, I don't mind having him as a bottom-of-the-end player, but the thing that just doesn't attract me for him is just the, the ability to not score a lot of goals. Um, last year, he only had a 38-point year. It was an injury-riddled season. Um, but just, just for me right now, I don't really like owning anyone but um, Oliver ekman Larson or Clayton Keller in Arizona right now, fantasy-wise. Um, he's a minus 13, so he's just absolutely destroying your plus-minus. <laughs> and uh, and for a guy who's getting you nine assists um, through 20 games, that's his best asset is assists. And you can get that from a lot of guys off the waiver wire who aren't just going to absolutely crush your plus-minus for the week. You're just giving away a category for owning Domi at this point. Um and uh, that's a little harsh, but at the same time, I just I don't see him as really a guy that holds as much value as his name seems to. He is in a great position to do well. It's just son of Ty, son of, son of Ty. Ty. Um, and even at the beginning of this year, some um, we 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 didn't really mention his name a lot, and we even had a, uh, a fan ask us, you know, um, why aren't we talking about Domi? And I think this is why he's just not a goal scoring threat. Um, he's not really that huge of a fantasy asset, and he's someone I could definitely cut bait with right now. Yeah, I think you hit on the head, Beebs. Um, at, at the end of the day, I think best case, he offers uh, fringe fantasy value uh, type production. Uh, and when you know that that plus minus is just going to be an absolute black hole and there's nothing Domi can do about it playing on the Coyotes, I agree. It's just not worth hanging around to for. I'd rather just own like Josh Anderson, who's going to play in Columbus's top six and, you know, maybe get you a couple more goals and, and have that plus minus stay hopefully in the plus area, but, or something like that, but just a general, you know, type of player like that. Definitely someone who exactly. won't hurt you as much in that category. For sure. Yep. It's, it's crazy. Cause like I kind of referenced uh, Derek Stepan last week as somebody that I was still a little bit interested in, but it just, it just blows my mind. How, how little amount of points that Domi and Stepan both have when Clayton Keller's seemingly just ripping it up. Like, yeah, he's terrible. It's like, uh, it makes, well, did, did you see that? Uh, it was going around a lot last week, but people were talking about uh, Paul Cree. I think it was his rookie year. He put up he put up over a hundred points, and the next closest player on the team was Steve Ruchin with forty something points. It's like, how does that even happen? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even make sense. Um, but I, I mean, love any reason to bring up Steve Ruchin. <laughs> I think it says a lot about Keller, though, and I love Steve Ruchin. You know that. <laughs> There's a there's a couple like signs that that show at least a little bit more um, in terms of positive regression for step on and there is Domi but at this point yeah Domi is really just struggling and um I think it's kind of a good thing that he was hurt last year because I think he would have went a lot earlier in drafts this year had that not happened mm-hmm. and uh it would have burned a lot more people where he was a little bit of a late uh a late flyer at least this year and it hasn't really turned mm-hmm. out so I don't disagree uh but for me Ah, it seems like a pretty easy one, but I just have to take the chance to go after this guy because I've never been a big fan uh, of Brent Seabrook, who remains at 70% owned. Uh, I've never really understood the love for Brent Seabrook. Uh, I'm sure it's probably just people overvaluing the Blackhawks, which we know is a thing. Uh, But his his fantasy-relevant days appear to be dwindling. Uh, He's on pace for just four goals and 26 assists this year. Not terrible, uh, but you can do better than that from a bottom of the lineup D-man. He basically had like just one really, really good year because Duncan Keith got hurt. His usage was just insane. Um, He still sees a decent amount of ice time uh, on the power play, but significantly less than than, uh, Duncan Keith. 
um, and Cody Franzen whenever he's in the lineup. And uh, Franzen's basically just forcing the Blackhawks' hand at this point to keep him in the lineup because he has been super good. He's been putting up points on a nightly basis. Uh, one of my favorite DraftKings plays, if you guys want to jump in on that because he's been ridiculous uh, <laughs> as, a, as a value D-man. Um, but I don't know. They're just... I just, I've never been a big fan of Seabrook, and I know a lot of people are, uh, but he's never been worse, and there's, there's not many signs of things turning around for him. So I'm moving on from Seabrook. I just think there's a lot of uh, young defensemen in better opportunities than just holding on to a guy strictly because he plays for a Blackhawks team that's not as good as they used to be. Yeah, yeah, I think he's another case of just, you know, the name carrying a lot more weight than he should. And we, we talk about this often. These guys are getting older. It's a young league. Um, and that, that translates to fantasy production. Yeah, and I think you pointed out too, Brock, he just straight up doesn't get that first time uh, or that first unit power play time. Uh, and the one year he did, you know, is a year he went off for 49 points. Um, so, again, we're only two years removed from that, but a lot went right. Uh, Boy, Keith, was, Keith was just dead that year. Like, Keith just didn't Yeah, play. and Seabrook himself shot 8.4%, um, had a decent on-eye shooting percentage as well. Uh, he still played good, don't get me wrong, but, again, I don't think the team, uh, or the power play unit especially, is anywhere near as dangerous as it was. Um, and he's, again, not seeing that type of minute, so I'm on board with it. Um it does see like D-men especially kind of hang around with the higher own percentages than they really should. Yeah, and like the one thing too is like, um, at least normally it's not right now they're split up, but normally like that it's it's kind of like the same thing as like a Pittsburgh situation where uh, the Blackhawks' number one unit is just significantly better than their second unit, mm-hmm. um, and, and so you could be seeing a decent amount of power play time, but if you're seeing it with you know. Um, Richard Panic and, and, and Alex DeBrincat and Nick Schmaltz, it's a little bit different than seeing that same ice time with, you know, Sad Kane, Taves, and, and, and... If Kane's not on the ice, it's literally not even worth it. Exactly. Don't even go out. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I think my uh, my pick's definitely in the same kind of boat here. Uh, Matt Niskanen, 47% yep. owned right now. Niskanen returned to the lineup on Tuesday after missing a month with a hand injury. Got his usual 20 minutes of ice time, and that should definitely <laughs> be the case moving forward. For me, there's just no real upside here. He's a fine defenseman, but he doesn't play all that much, and he's barely sniffing the power play at this point. Uh, power play two Washington is nothing like power play one Washington. Uh, so right now, he's just not productive enough a player to warrant having him on your roster. And like I said, save for a John Carlson injury, there's really just no upside here to me, so he's safe to jump. Uh, two other guys, Jason Spezza is the most obvious one out here to me, 48% owned, but I didn't want to talk about it because Bede mentioned him. Uh, the last time we did this segment, but I still think it's worth throwing out there because just so old and so still, still. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then the Columbus, you know, top six, top nine is kind of iffy these days. Uh, and I think you can certainly justify dropping Nick Foligno, um, but I just have a hard time recommending that as long as he's on the top line and power play unit. Uh, we've seen how fast he can heat up in the past, uh, but he was another one that I thought. I'd be really tempted to uh, to cut bait with at this point if he was still on my roster. It's so funny for you to just say the the Blue Jackets top six because uh, that could be one thing today and a totally other thing tomorrow. Uh, yeah. the, the way the way Torch shuffles those lines, uh, it was but actually Leo seems to be the most constant. Yeah. Oh, for sure, because he's really just not that good at hockey. Um, <laughs> But it was funny that you bring up Spezza and the Blue Jackets uh, in the same sentence. I think it was a bit of guesswork, but 
in uh, Elliot Friedman's 30, uh, 31 thoughts this week, he was basically just saying that the Stars, I think, are are pretty much ready to move on from Spezza, although they're not really like capable because he has a complete no-trade clause. Uh, but he linked the Blue Jackets as a team that'd be potentially interested in them. I just thought I'd pass that along because everybody likes juicy trade rumors, even if yeah, they don't really trade. have a lot of merit to them. Uh, but I mean, nothing to knock. Come from Elliot, there's got to be some merit. Yeah, it, well, he. I that think that guy he, doesn't just say shit. I think he. No, I'm pretty sure he actually in the article said this is pure guesswork. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's, it, you brought them both up in the same category, so I figured I'd mention it because I think merit. that's the only thing I really remember uh, from that segment. Uh, but for me now, let's move over to stash and grab. Uh, guys on the IR that you think are worthy of a stash at this point in the season. I've got two guys, so I'll go ahead and get one of the most obvious ones out of the way first. Ryan Ellis at 40% owned. Um, Windsor alert, first of all. Uh, Absolute <laughs> Windsor alert. Ellis is a high-end offensive talent. We know that because Windsor alert. Uh, but still yeah. doesn't get the love he deserves just because he's surrounded by guys like yeah, Roman Yossi and P.K. Subban. He really just doesn't get as much recognition as he should because of that. Uh, but he's he's a legitimate offensive beast. I'm not afraid to say it because he's quietly ranked 16th among D-men in goals over the last three seasons. Uh, top 50 in points beast. among D-men over that time. Uh, and, and, <laughs> and he's just, over that time, though, Still, he was still kind of establishing himself. He wasn't really seen as this uh, this breakout awesome fantasy defenseman. Um, but he's got double-digit goals in back-to-back years. I, I think that, like I said, this is the best team in the Western Conference uh, for my money, and I think that they miss Ellis a little bit, especially, you know, they got Yannick Weber out of the lineup now. Uh, they've got, they need Ellis. He just brings a, an extra dimension to that blue line, and I think when he returns, it's going to go a long way uh, in improving that Predators team as a whole, specifically the power play. And he's an absolute beast. I love me some Ryan Ellis. So he's expected to be back in January. So you got to, you know, you're still maybe four or five weeks away from seeing Ryan Ellis play any meaningful games for your team. But if you've got an IR spot open and you are and need a D help, you're going to be so happy you did it in a couple, you know, in a month or so. Yeah, the thing that's like bonus about a lot of these guys that we're talking about is that, you know, you can just stash them on your IR. And a lot of people don't abuse that. And I know that a couple leagues that I'm in, there's three IR slots. And if you're in a league like that, why not just put a guy there and then say you have someone get injured, feel free to drop that guy that you picked up for nothing. Like Ellis, especially if you know that once that player returns, it's going to um, it's going to only improve your roster once they are. So then you can drop whoever, you know, your fourth D-man is or your third D-man. Um mm-hmm. But one one thing um, that that we seem to have going a lot in here is a lot of defensemen today, um, and I'm going to keep that going with uh, with with one of the show's uh, not not one of them the show's favorite defenseman, um, Risto. And, <laughs> Risto, uh, there it is. And uh, Risto right now he's, he's kind of not getting a lot of love because he had a slow start this season, um, and then he had um, a, as we all know. And if you don't, come on figure your Risto stuff out. But um, Risto is currently injured right now. And it started as a day-to-day injury and turned into kind of a, it's a week-to-week week injury. Yeah. yeah um, but this is someone who is definitely worth st- sitting on just strictly because of his, uh, his overall offensive upside. There's like As much as his name is fun to say, there's a reason that we bring his name up so much um, on the podcast just because he, he's, he's a 23-year-old who's just – I think, you know, he's, he's – he's, bound for just one of those 50 plus point seasons um 45 points last year and he had a slow start last year he was a guy we were saying you know 
pick up. He's going to get better. This and that. He had 32 shots through 13 games this year, which is uh, that's great production from a D man. Um, and none of them went in. So he's obviously just not quite. It, it's weird because he hasn't had more than 10 goals in a season. But if you watch their games, he just he has a bullet back there. So I don't know. It's like if something clicks, maybe Risto will lapse that 10 goal um, that, that that mark. But for me, it's just it's the same case as Ellis. Um, people are going to start giving up on Risto. If you can buy lower, you can wait. If he's getting dropped, just stash on your near IR. I think it'll be better than your worst D-man. And, For sure. uh, and like once you come back on um, defensive offensive option in Buffalo and um, and I don't care that it is Buffalo that still has value and uh, he's going to be on that power play one. He's a beast um, and, and, and they're not giving up on him anytime soon. So you shouldn't either. No, it's funny because he does not get a lot of love, uh, as spe- you know, specifically from the analytics community um, mm-hmm. because he might not be the greatest defenseman in his own end. Uh, but for fantasy purposes, the guy's still a monster. It's the, also the Dion Phaneuf kind of effect where it's he's the best person on the team playing against the other team's best units, but maybe he's not quite, you know, should be in that position. Like yeah. Like Phaneuf was on the Leafs. Um, still a great defenseman, but just, and you know, still... Still young um, as shit, too. Yeah, exactly. So that, that does hurt him a lot analytically, and it, it makes people stay away from him. But, but we love him, and you guys should, too. Yeah, just 23 years old, and he's actually had his best... Well, I mean, short sample size right now, but he's had his best... Um, advanced stat season to date through, yep. you know, what, 13 games that he's played. Uh, 50 Averaging points. the most ice time of his career, too, so far this year as well. Yeah, I mean, the, we can't too, say too much about Risto that we haven't said before. He's the boy. But, uh, yeah. D, who are you stashing and you're grabbing here, kid? Uh, one player to both stash and grab. <laughs> uh, everyone's favorite breakout candidate coming into the season, Andre Burakovsky. And it was for good reason. Burkowski, just 22 years old, uh, has produced well with limited usage before. Uh, for example, last year he put up 35 points in 64 games in just 13 minutes on ice per. Um, so you can see why people were so high on him, uh, the expectation to see him move up the lineup. Uh, you know, admittedly a long shot here, but I think if you have the room, if you got the open IR spot, there's just too much upside uh, for a guy that's, what, 36% owned right now, I think it is. Um, broke his thumb, expected back sometime around the beginning of December, so he's actually not that far off. Um, and I just look at the Caps lineup right now, and I see <laughs> a lot of opportunity. Uh, I think they're still looking for a fit with Ovi and Kuznetsov. Their second line's a mess. Um, but they really can't be happy with how Smith Belly has played so far on that top top line. Uh, so I would not at all be surprised to see uh, Burkowski get a shot alongside the two once he returns. Um, so, there's, like I said, there's a lot of ifs here. Uh, but if everything goes his way, I think he could just be an absolute steal off the wire right now. Wait, you mean that they don't want uh, they don't want Devontae Smith, Pelly, and Chandler Stevenson in their top uh, in their top six? That doesn't that doesn't necessarily fit the mold of the Caps top six from years before. No, seems a little different. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. But you know what? The uh, the one thing that's worth pointing out is Burakovsky has played very well away from Kuznetsov and Ovechkin. He's put up uh, pretty impressive, um, uh, you know, possession numbers. Uh, and then mm-hmm. the funniest part is, so in 111 minutes of Burakovsky playing without those two, he's got a 56.4 Corsi. Um, but then 
In 242 minutes, where Ovechkin and Kuznetsov are playing without Burakovsky, they have a 44.7 Corsi. Uh, that is courtesy of Natural Statrix, amazing Wowie tool. Um, I mean, that, that's. I think that. I think that has a little bit to say about uh, how productive Burakovsky can be uh, on that top line, but at the same time, I think that is a bit of a knock on somebody like Devontae smith Pelly at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's for sure. I mean, see, I mean, uh, right. skill skill wise, that's quite a it's quite a drop off uh, from. And you know, no disrespect if Devontae Smith, Pelly's family, or friends listen to this show. Uh, great guy, uh, as far as I know, but um, <laughs> just not as offensively gifted as somebody like Andre Burakovsky, who we've championed on this podcast uh, time and time again. So lots of like, I, sure. I, I like him a lot. Uh, but another guy that we, I think we've talked about quite a bit on the show. But he's hurt right now, and Biebs, you mentioned him, I think, a little bit earlier, so I'm going to go back to the well here. Charlie Coyle, um, just 20% Owen, so available in a lot of leagues right now. Uh, there's a lot of like... Uh, there's lots to like about what Coyle brings to the table. Uh, plays just an insane amount of minutes. Got good size. Uh, has the ability to score, and uh, definitely has the ability to be a good playmaker as well. Uh, 18 goals, 38 assists last year. Had a really nice start to this year. I mean, albeit in just three games, but he did get hurt uh, very early. But uh, prior to the season, he had not missed a game in three years. Uh, so I don't think durability is going to be a concern just because of this one injury. I mean, you know, anything can happen. But uh, I think this is a guy you can, you know, safely pick up right now. Stash, uh, he's already skated the... Wild say that you know they they don't have a timetable for his return, but his original timetable was six to eight weeks. Um, and when he started skating this week, he was four weeks into that timetable. So uh, this is a guy that could be back as soon as two weeks, most likely, especially because he's already skating uh, with the team. And to me, he has clear twenty to twenty-five goal, thirty to forty assist upside. Um, obviously that's over the course of an entire season. So that basically means I still think he's got, you know, 17 goals, 25 assists left in the tank once he returns. Um, and that's ridiculously good production for a guy that's going to be immediately inserted into the wild top six and is sitting at just 20% owned right now. and can be picked up for literally nothing. Just stash him for, for so no reason. So, uh, Charlie Coyle is available in almost every league. And if he's available in yours... Pick them up. Stash and grab. And if you're in any league, it's more grab and stash. It's not available. Yeah, yeah, it's so uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> grab and stash? Grab and yeah, stash. Yeah, grab and stash. Do, do, okay. Beebs, do you have another uh, grab and stash? I actually do, and uh, I'm grabbing and stashing from the same <laughs> bag as you, Brock. Um, my And, and actually, I, I, I wish I would have looked up Charlie Coyle before I did my player, but I chose Zach Parise of the Minnesota Wild. Um, that's, that's what I meant by grabbing from the same bag, but, um, <laughs> he's 38% owned across all Yahoo leagues, which is just crazy for Zach Parise. Even like I, I, if you would have told me that two years ago, you know, Zach Parise is going to be 38% owned. I don't care if he has an injury. I would just like, I'd be like, nah, you're dumb. Um, <laughs> you're yeah, dumb. Thir- but a- as we've mentioned, these are guys that you can just, again, stash and, or you can grab and then stash them and then <laughs> boot someone off your team later on. And this is a guy who's for sure going to be inserted in the top six. He struggled last season, so a lot of people weren't high on Parise going into this year. Um, but one thing that's good is he tends to get hurt at least once every year, so he's got his big injury out of the way. So he <laughs> has to be healthy for the rest of the year, right? No. But um, regardless, he's a guy who um, who's pretty much a certain 20-goal scorer every single season, um, 20, 25 assists, which isn't phenomenal 
fantasy numbers, but he has been known to show, you know, more than a 60 point upside. He's done that a couple times in his career. He's a, he can become just an absolute power play weapon. And if, uh, if, if he comes back and he comes back, you know, look, with a vengeance, just looking to actually have a bounce back season and just kind of prove that injuries aren't going to slow him down. He could be in for a huge, uh, a huge little comeback season here, especially as we mentioned with um, so many injuries on that team. But I like Prize as a stash. Um, he's a guy too that if he get, does get going, he will hold weight as a trade bait, and you can kind of maybe send him for someone else who's been proving that they can do that production all year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just think that team has so much more to give, and uh, I don't think we can really talk about it more than we already have. Uh, but D. Grab and stash. You got anybody else? Are we, are we, you know, wrapping it up until next week? We're out of here, man. We're out of here. All right. That was season three, episode 11 of the Daily Faceoff podcast. Uh, as always, be sure to head over to dailyfaceoff.com if you don't already. It'd be super weird if you just listened to this podcast and didn't visit the website because <laughs> it's the greatest fantasy hockey website in the world. And I'm not just, world. I'm not just saying that because I run it, but, uh, be sure to follow us at DFO Podcast uh, on Twitter. Uh, we each always tweet as well. Uh, I'm at Brock underscore C again. We got at 3D Berthium and at Beeps underscore Bondi. Uh, we will be there to answer your questions whenever you have them. Uh, but also, be sure to check out we are having a DraftKings contest every single Thursday. Uh, from here on out through the remainder of the season, each week it'll be a different contest style with a different uh, buy-in, different prize pools, a lot of, you know, da-di-da. Uh, Looking pretty shit in these these uh, daily pools, Brock. Yeah, I swear I'm actually good at this. I, I know, swear. me too. Uh, you know, like I said, I my cash lineups today, fire. I'm my GPP good. lineups, terrible. So, uh, you know, it is what it is, you know, to each their own. Uh, we're all going to have good nights. We're all going to have bad nights. We're just not showing up on Thursdays, apparently. Uh, but then also, before we go, be sure to check out the premium packages we offer at dailyfaceoff.com. If you go premium, you have an even better chance of beating our asses in these daily contests every single Thursday because um, the daily content is through the roof. We got Josh Harris and Adam Daly just spitting DFS fire every single day. Uh, and those two guys know exactly what they're talking about. I rarely listen to them, and they're wrong. Um, so clearly that means I just need to listen a little bit more. Uh, I know we had a Twitter question this week about when those guys are going to get on the show. Uh, we actually have spoken to them uh, about coming on the show for the last two or three weeks. We just haven't been able to coordinate a time where they've both been available uh, to do so. But they will be on the show to kind of you know, give some general DFS advice to some of you guys that might be looking to get into Daily Fantasy and you know kind of some a lot of, the, of fun oh it is a lot of fun it is good time so um, it makes every single arizona game fascinating it makes yeah. just every single you're game. always playing against them. it actually does it's actually so good <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's awesome <laughs> but yeah so be, be sure to tune in uh, uh you know hopefully they can come on next week and that'd <clears> be great uh and then the one last thing i want to add is i've been doing something called the daily fantasy notebook every day um, and for those of you guys who play season long, uh, which is more what this podcast is geared toward, it is worth your while because every day it's got everything you need to know from projected lines to goalie rankings. It'll help you decide which goalies you should play, which goalies you should sit. And it also has all of the day's uh, injury news. So guys that are in or out for that day, all in one spot. Uh, very helpful tool for not only daily fantasy players, but also season long players as well. Uh, but I won't take up any more of your time. I know you guys want to listen to the Blue Stones because they're good shit. So for Brock Segan, 
Beebs, Bonnie, and Dylan D. Bertram. We'll see you guys back here next week. Oh, cannot wait. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.